Amen. Amen. Well, not only does he play well, there's an anointing when he does play. And I asked uh, Leanne, does he pray a lot? Because it seems like there's something going on more than just what he's doing. He said, yeah, he prays a lot. Amen. So he asked me, he said, you know, I was thinking about being a pastor. Can I still play the trombone? I go, yes, absolutely. And if you want to sing too, you can do that. Amen. <laughs> Whatever it takes to minister, whether through song, through word, through music, whatever. So let's pray now as the word goes forth that you'll receive that as well today. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you that as we come before you, that, Lord, your word will touch our hearts and, be, and minister to us and be a light to us and a, and a path to us, Lord. I just thank you for your goodness and your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I want to talk to you about how to fulfill your purpose in life. Don't you want to know that? How to find it and then fulfill it. Part of the, you know, first you got to find it, and then you got to fulfill it. Praise God. Now, we find out, you know, even when we were going to get saved, people said, you know, the Lord has a plan for you. The Lord has a plan for your life. And I used to think, me? Why would he have a plan for me? I don't even hardly know him. But the Bible says that before we were formed in our mother's womb, he had a book written about us. Wouldn't you like to have a book written about you? I, I, I don't know, you know, I just kind of like to have that, you know, Pastor Chuck, you know, and all the good things, not the bad things, okay? You know, take out the bad things. You know, they write books about people, biographies, and they talk about how good they were. And then somebody a couple of months later says, oh, he wasn't that good. Okay, let me show you some things. Let me tell you some things that went on. But thank God that God doesn't do that to us. In the book of Hebrews, Chapter 11, it talks only about the good things people did, not the bad things. It doesn't talk about how Noah got drunk. It doesn't talk about how Abraham lied. It doesn't talk about how Sarah laughed. It doesn't talk about how Moses got angry and struck the rock. It doesn't talk about Samson and David and how they messed up with their lady friends. Bad, bad, bad. But God doesn't mention that. Hallelujah. I thank you that our sins are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, not to be brought up again. And we don't need to bring that up with other people as well. You don't need to go, you know, like three years ago, you, you, you said this to me, and I haven't forgotten that. I've forgiven you, but I haven't forgotten it. Well, why do you keep bringing it up? <laughs> if you forgave me, right? If it's over, it's over. Now, trying to fulfill your purpose in life, uh, is, is like sitting at a railroad crossing. Remember how those trains, you'd have like 20 or 30 cars of trains, and we used to have to sit and watch them go by. How many are old enough to remember that? Yeah. Amen. And, and it seemed like it was 20 or 30 cars. It seemed like it took forever. You know, you're just waiting, you know, and then all, when, you're old, you're, when you get a little older, you start counting them, you know, like one, two, three, four. And then you like, it seems like forever. But... All, all we see is that one car. But God, if you can imagine it, is looking down from heaven, and he can see the whole train. Same thing with our lives. We, see just, we just see day to day. We don't see the whole plan of our lives. But God does, and he wrote it in a book. Let's, let's see that in Psalms 139, verse 16. It says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. In other words, before there even 
Before you were even born, the book was written waiting for you to be born so that you could fulfill it. So it's not a guessing game like, oh, I just want to see what I want to do. No, find out what the Lord wants you to do. And the way you do that is spending time with Him. Now, He gives you a specific purpose according to your giftings, your talents, and your experience. Like Helen, He has a desire to play the trombone. And His gifts will make room for Him. Praise the Lord. Nobody else can get up there and do that because we don't know how to do that. Amen? I've tried to do that. And all that comes out was, poof, poof, poof. I go, this is not as easy as it looks. Amen? So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, let's look at this. It says, we were chosen before the foundation of the world. Pretty awesome. In other words, before God said, let there be light, he said, let there be Joseph. Amen? Before, he, before, before Genesis 1, he already knew Joseph was going to be born, that he was going to help us set up the tents today. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I always thought, maybe I'm just, just too much in myself, but when I thought I was born, the world started, okay? <laughs> and in my eyes, that's the way it kind of was, wasn't it? Okay, I'm, born, I'm here now. But what I didn't realize, 6,000 years had passed before I even got here. A lot has happened before I got here. There's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, Samson. All these people were doing things and establishing the kingdom of God. Then Jesus came. Then we had the apostles. Then the prophets. And all this was going on. And then I arrived. So I got to catch up. I gotta, in fact, when I first got saved, that's what I got to read the book. I got to find out what happened in the Old Testament, what happened before I was born. I got to find out where I'm supposed to fit in this plan of life. Did you feel that way? Amen. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have a scripture reading today by Brother Solomon Alexander, and he's going to tell us about the plan that God had already prepared for us. So Solomon, if you would come. Good morning, church. Today's scripture reading is found in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. May God add a blessing of this reading to his word. All right, there's the next preacher for you. <laughs> Amen, that's good. All right. we, we like to get the youth involved in the big church, in the main service, so that they, when they grow up and they graduate, they can just you know, assimilate into our establishment using their gifts and talents. That's what we want to do. We want to use your gifts. You have to discover. And actually, well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but our job is to seek the Lord. In, in slide 62, let's look at this. It says, you will seek me and find me, right? So if you can't find your plan or your purpose in life, guess what you need to do? Seek him. You can't be like way out there saying, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. Lord, I, I'm just lost. Can, can you please tell me? <laughs> it's kind of like me trying to talk to somebody across the street and the cars are going by. And God's trying to talk to us and we can't hear him. I can't hear you, Lord. What are you trying to say? Excuse me, go outside, get close. Okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Because the closer you get to him, the more he'll reveal to you what you're supposed to do. It's born in you. 
Amen? We're going to get to that in a minute. But let's look at some scriptures that talk about how much God wants to be with us and how much he's ordering our steps. In Psalms 37, 23, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We have to take steps. It, you, just don't, you don't just run and go through it all your life in like, you know, one week. There are steps, step by step by step, but they're ordered by the Lord. He's the one that's ordering them. Isn't it nice to know that someone's ordering it for you? <laughs> kind of like when you go into a restaurant and, you know, they order for you. They know exactly what you want. God knows exactly where you're supposed to be, and he orders your steps. And sometimes it doesn't even look like you're going the right way. But he'll turn it around for your good. He'll make sure that you get into the right place at the right time because he is God. Amen? You can't stump him with your sin and your debauchery and all the crazy things that you do. Amen? He said, I'll bring you right back to where you're supposed to be. Amen? I always wanted to have a church. I always wanted to preach the Word of God. When I started reading the Bible, I said, I need to tell other people about this. This was so rich, so wonderful. But I, I took a little detour, <laughs> little de like a 10-year detour. <laughs> but the Lord is patient, amen? His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So he waited for me to go around the block, down the hill, around across the way, and to come back and say, okay, now are you ready? <laughs> are you ready to submit and, and uh, surrender yourself to me? Yes, Lord, I am ready at the age, ripe old age of 30. Thank God for that. I wish I would have started earlier. I wish I would have known what the children and the youth know now. I would have saved a lot of time. But I played catch-up, and here I am now. Praise the Lord. So it says in Proverbs 12, 28, The way of the righteous is life, and in thy pathway there is no death. So if you're going to be in the Lord, the, your pathway is life. He doesn't have bad things uh, planned for you. He's not trying to hurt you or harm you. You know, I hear some people say, well... You know, you got this sickness because the Lord wants to teach you something. Well, well, well why don't you just learn it then? <laughs> what you holding, what you holding back for, you know? So I told, I told one, one friend, I said, that's like me saying, I want my son to get close to me, so I'm going to let him fall off the roof, and that way I can take care of him and tend him and be with him, and he'll, he'll see that I love him. I don't think so, right? <laughs> I think the father would have the net to catch him, praise God. So the way of the righteous is life. God doesn't have death planned for us. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does that mean? That the word is a lamp for your steps. You take a step a day at a time, and he guides and directs you. And then as you keep going, you find out, oh, there's the pathway, there, 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 I can see it now. I can see where I'm supposed to go now. I got it now, Lord. I'm going to ride with you on this. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the just is like the shining light that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. Ever brighter day by day. Day by day. You start to get more of a picture, more of an understanding. Oh, I know what I'm here for. I know what I'm supposed to do. And that word perfect, I looked it up and I'm saying, like, it's perfect. Nothing's perfect, is it? You ever had a perfect day? Well, not maybe close to, but not all the way perfect, right? It says, I looked it up, means to be firm, stable, and established. In other words, nothing offends you. Nothing gets you off your mark. You're firm. You're established. You're settled in the Lord. Praise God. So we see here that you have to be a couple of things. You have to be a good person, a good man, a righteous man, 
and allow the Word of God to guide and direct your feet so that your pathway will become brighter and brighter. Isn't this so easy? It's too easy, isn't it? If you just submit and surrender to the Lord, let the Word guide and direct you, the Bible says that His Word will speak to you, speak to your shoulder, speak over your shoulder, and tell you, go this way, go that way. But you know what we do? We just ignore it. We just say, oh, I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. I'm sorry, Lord, but I just got to do this. And he's saying like, okay, if you want to. It's kind of like when your parents tell you, no, don't go outside, it's raining. And if you go outside, you're going to get wet. Did the Lord rain on you? Uh, well, you got rained on. <laughs> By your own, you know, will, because of your own disobedience. So we have to know that we um, have to follow the Lord's will. Now, it's interesting. It's funny. When I was in fourth grade, the teacher told me, take out a piece of paper and write down what you think you want to do in your life. I'm going like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm only in the fourth grade. <laughs> and so I wrote it down, and I think it was something like, I want to work for a large company. I want to... Uh, you know, be protected. I want to have insurance. I want to be, you know, I, I want to hide <laughs> in a corporation. <laughs> I don't want to be an entrepreneur all by myself because, you know, things could go wrong. But I wrote it all down, and then lo and behold, it, it came to pass. I started working for Fortune 500 companies, Miles Laboratories, Johnson & Johnson Baby Products. But deep down, that's not really what I really wanted to be. I know when I was a little boy, I, uh, I wanted to be a priest. And so uh, I was an altar boy. And at home, I had my sister be the altar boy, and I was the priest. <laughs> <laughs> Complete with the bells. <laughs> and I had my parents say, well, okay, now you got to watch the mass now, Mom and Dad. And I would do the, Domino Biscum, us. <laughs> Ecum spiritu tuo. Glory. Amen. Okay, we got it. <laughs> and we went through the whole mass. But then when I found out, okay, if you want to be a priest, you have to be celibate. And I go like, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> you know, that's not, I'm not prone to that, okay? So youth pastor Charles had the youth sign up or, or, or draw a picture of what they wanted to be. And so we have some interesting, uh, you know, drawings. Samuel wanted, wants to be a marine biologist. That's good. We are watching, that's a good aspiration. We watched Free Willy last night. <laughs> but we think it was a mechanical, uh, <laughs> what is it, a whale? Mechanical whale. But you, you want to do the real thing, okay. And, and Aaliyah wants to be a lawyer, praise the Lord. Like her mom. Her mom is a, uh, what, is, what is she? Paralegal. So she's following in her mom's footsteps. Dulce wants to be a lawyer as well. Isn't that good? Samantha wants to be a doctor. Solomon wants to be a businessman. He is a businessman now. Amen. Matilda wants to be an artist. And she does some great drawings. But see, it's already birthed on the inside of you when you're young. Now you just have to go and do it, right? Now, how do you stay on course? How do you get the de God's desired plan for your life without the distractions and the, uh, uh, what do you call it? What's, what else is distractions? Uh, temptations that come your way. All, all the people that try to influence you and, and get you to do wrong. So I'm going to bring up uh, Mr. Richard Espinoza here. And 
he had some kids that... That's, that's a nice scattering of applause. <laughs> Give him a good round of applause. Amen. There you go. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you, you had, you had two boys and a girl, and they were not acting right. They weren't doing good in school. They were getting into trouble. So you did something to change their life, didn't you? Get over here. Yes, I did. I took matters into my hands. I took them down to Skid Row. I said, you know what? They need to see reality, what's out there in the world. You know, because uh, not everything is as bright as it tends to see. You can put a three-piece suit on a monkey, it's still a monkey. So I took my kids, because I love them, and I took them down to Skid Row. And down in Skid Row, there's some very sad-looking things happening out there. But there's people that are like us, that were lost and stuff. So I took them down to Skid Row, and I told, just let them see while I observed them. And all of a sudden, we were down there. The windows were closed, opened, but as they, we got deeper and deeper, they got rolled up. Because when you go out and skid row, you're invading their territory. They're not an animal. They're not the zoo that you go in there and you look at them. And they're going to let you know that. And they approached me. And I told a gentleman there that, you know, um, what I was doing, just trying to teach my kids. And one of them told me, you know, the truth to my kids. You don't want to be here, you know. Get, get it together. Listen to your father, you know. And then we were driving on our way to make a quick story quick and to the, to the point. We started driving up by North Hollywood, the beautiful area, the big houses, big yards. This is only probably the size of a restroom in the Hollywood homes or something. <laughs> Who knows? But they were just like, the windows went back down. There you went, oh, my God, oh, this and all that. But I told them, and I had tears in my eyes because I seen the difference, and I knew the Lord was speaking to their hearts, you know. And I told them, you can have that or you can have this, you know. Your choice is yours. Life's about choices and decisions. Our worst enemy is ourself. Amen. You know, we go around, we go, well, he did it, he did it. No, no, you choose to follow them. You know, you don't say, well, because I was with them. I wanted to be, become a police officer, but I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. One felony messed up my whole future. But Jesus Christ had a better future for Amen. me. Amen. You know, you know, so now I, you know what, it, it's all God's plan and purpose. You know, like I said, I turned the negative into a positive because here I am amongst the living. Hallelujah praising and worshiping you and thanking you and loving you as you love me. The devil has no place in my life. My son, my children, their lives have been changed. They received everything that my plan was that day. My oldest son, he's a, he's a, a I can't pronounce the, the name, but he travels around the world giving um, sermons on the function of the brain, on the stress, on the anxiety that we can uh, develop as we continue to allow the negative things to control our minds and our thought patterns. He tells me, because I used to have ah, an explosion going on, Dad, you need to take the palm. Just relax, unwind, ah, exhale, you know? And, I, and it worked. But I forgot Jesus Christ is my palm. I allow his hand to be over my head and stuff. And then there's my youngest son, Richard Jr. Oh, I should have named him something else because he's just the same pattern as me, you know? But he's my son, and I love him. 
and I'm proud of him. And uh, he's a behavioral specialist right over here at uh, Royal, you know? He deals with suicidal kids. He tells me stories that are it's just unbelievable because there's beautiful kids that are out there, just like you youth that are going to be out there. And they're, they're not loved because their family homes are going through things. They're committing suicide, not suicide, cutting their faces and this and that. He goes, shows me pictures of beautiful young ladies and young men but they're lost and they're hurting inside and they're just trying to handle the situation themselves. You know, and he's, we're both crying. And so I said, tell them the love of Jesus Christ. Share the love of Jesus Christ. Share how the Lord has touched your heart, how he's changed my life. I used to be messed up on drugs. I was running out there trying to find the hope. Till somebody told me, like I'm standing right here telling you, youth, Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ, receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't look at the things which are behind you. Look forward to the greatness that the good Lord has for you. You know, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll going to give you the desires of your heart. We're all here mentors for you, youth, okay? So take advantage of us. We all have a testimony. We all been through things. You're just starting. But I want you to know to just delight yourself in the Lord as you are here. And he's going to give you the desires of your heart. So my last thing I'm going to say, because I can keep going on and going on, because of what the Lord is doing in my life, you know. I'm a voice. You're a voice. We're all a voice, you know. So as we come here and we get our cup and it's running over, let us get out there in the highways and share the, the love. It's youth. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works that will glorify the Father in heaven and give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if, if you have some rebellious kids, Richard is going to be giving tours to uh, <laughs> Skid Row, North Hollywood, Arcadia, and give them that lesson. You can have this or you can have that. You choose. Door number one or door number two. How great that is. Amen. And his daughter also works for the school district. Everybody in line. Amen. So I'm going to give you real quick four steps to find out what your will is and how to fulfill it. You ready? First one is passion. You have to have a passion. God puts a desire in you to do something. It burns in your heart. You can't put it aside. You can even go away from it for several years, but when you come back, it's still there. Amen? Whatever's on the inside of you, you have specific gifts and talents that God has given you. And uh, whether it be a doctor, whether it be a lawyer, a businessman, it's something that you just can't put away. You can't put aside. I can't not preach. Or I cannot pastor. I, I can't sit at home and just watch things on TV. I have to get out. I have to be, get involved and be a shepherd. That's what God has called me to. Amen? Amen? Then you have to have the right positioning. You have to be in the right place at the right time, and God can make it happen for you. Praise the Lord. You know, because whatever God has put in your heart, the Bible says a man's gift will make room for you. So I wanted to be in the ministry. I used to cry out to the Lord days and months. Lord, I want to be in your ministry. Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I want to, you know, be a pastor. And I cried out. And then finally, all of a sudden, the man, the, the pastor called me and he said, the Lord told me to have you come and start working as the administrator at the church here. I said, praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. I was positioned because the former administrator got the church in debt of over $130,000. Hallelujah. So when I came in and take a look at the books, I went, oh my God, what did I get myself into? But God had prepared me, believing in my own personal life, how to believe God for finances. I was able to help the church. Amen? He prepared me. But I was in position. I wanted to serve the Lord. I loved the Lord. I even took a lesser paying job so that I could spend more time at church. How many people would do that? I was so bogged down. I was working till like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I said, this has got to stop. And so I took a lesser paying job so I could go to Wednesday night service, Tuesday night prayer, Saturday night men's breakfast. I had to do all. I wanted to be close to the Lord. And lo and behold, I was in the right position at the right time. The, the, the third thing is you have to have the provision of God that will provide for you. You know, I was talking to someone that was wanting to be a pastor. I said, you know, if it's in your heart, you'll do it whether you get fully compensated for it or not. God will make up the difference. God will supply your every need. You know, that's that terminology uh, where God guides, he will provide. That's what he does. He, he made a way out of no way. He made us be able to have things that we, that our own job couldn't supply, but he could supply because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is his and the fullness thereof, and he would have people give to us. He would open up doors, situations that would save us lots of money, better than just getting paid right off, you know, right away. Now, the last thing is you have to partner. You can't do it alone. You, you're, you're no man's an island. You need help. From, every job that I've ever had, I look back, I said, somebody told me about it. Somebody recommended me. Somebody suggested, why don't you go here? Why don't you go there? And, and then we got the job. You know, I want to bring up our, our nephew, Bill Randazzo. He, was, he took computer science in school, and he, he passed, and he wasn't working. And Marianne worked at Kaiser, and they were looking for a computer expert. So guess what? <laughs> yeah match. And so for, she worked there for mm, like almost 10 years. She never was able to find anybody a job except for Bill. <laughs> Holy coincidentally, when they partnered together, he was able to get a job that he couldn't have got on his own. How many times have you gotten things that you couldn't have gotten on your own? You just happen to be there at the right place. God can make things work for you. He can partner. He, he can have you partner with people. This church is because I partnered with the, the, the pastor that was here, and he was gracious enough to let us in, and now we're here. He gave it over to us. Now, as I conclude, I'll say amen. <laughs> amen. 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 Are, are you guys ready to get dunked? Are you? Are you? Amen. amen. It's hot right now. We can get in there and get some cool... Cool dunking. Okay, we're going to go over uh, how many things are is, is it five things? Uh, four things that hinder the way to fulfill your progress in the Lord and fulfilling your purpose. In John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief, or the devil, comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy your life. Destroy your purpose. Destroy what God has called you to do. Amen. And so there's forces out there trying to keep us from fulfilling God's, uh, God's call on our lives. And if we give in to them, 
we lose what God has for us. So we need to be protected. Now, here's some of the areas that have influences on us and our kids that keep us away from the things of God. Are you ready for them? Yes. Teachers at school. Oh, when I was at school, the teachers were great. I mean, they just love history. They love mathematics. It's not so nowadays. They're teaching our kids and our youth about sexual sin, how to get them into bondage and keep them away from their calling. Teachers are telling kindergartners that they can change their gender. Can you imagine that? The little kids that we had up here, do you want to change your gender? <laughs> oh, I don't know. What do you think? They're influencing them. That's not good. How about the race that they try to project on our kids, that because of the color of your skin, you either will make it or not make it. That is not true. I have a lot of friends of different, different ethnic races that are successful, that, that have you know, great jobs, have applied themselves, worked hard. So we cannot let them uh, tell us because the system is stacked against them. That's not true. God is for us, and if God is for us, who can be against us? Even if the system was, it can't uh, keep you down. Praise the Lord. The other thing is friends. Friends will influence you. Peer pressure will keep you thinking a way that you're not supposed to think. And I know my son talked to uh, Matthew Amaka, who's in Notre Dame right now, and he was trying to please his friends and trying to fit in with the in crowd. I'm in with the in crowd. Yeah, you know that song. So, <laughs> but you have to get to the point where you don't care what they think because they'll just drag you down. You know, it's easier to drag someone down than it is to lift someone up. And they'll drag, so your friends will drag you down. So parents, we need to know who our kids are hanging around. You know, I would come home and I'd say stuff, and my mom would say, where'd you learn that? <laughs> you didn't learn that in this house. Oh, yeah, okay, mom, yeah. Is that wrong? Yes, that's wrong. Our parents, our, our, us as parents, have to watch over and see how our kids are talking, see what they're watching, see what they're listening to. And that brings me to the third point, social media. This is like... Deadly, isn't it? The two biggest decisions a parent can make that will affect their spiritual development of their kids are where they send them to school and when they give them a phone. Because on the phone is all kinds of stuff. There's TikTok, which is, uh, you know, originated out of China, and they watch and they try to monitor what we're doing, you know. And actually, everything that we do is monitored. Everything that we do. And, and, you know, you ever get something come across your, your computer and you go like, where did that come from? Well, they, they're tracking you, seeing what you like, and then they try to tempt you with that. Get out of here with that stuff. Amen? So they, there was a company uh, that was hired to filter through TikTok to find out, you know, what's, where, where the bad uh, influences are. And they were overwhelmed. They said, we can't find it. It's everywhere. We give up. We can't do it. Praise God. So we should be aware to monitor the inter internet use of our kids, find out what they're listening to. It's as simple as, give me your phone. <laughs> give me your phone. I want to see what you've been doing. No, 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 it's, it's okay. I, no, no, give me your phone, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Everybody's like, would you do that? Yes. Hey, all right. My wife does that to me. Give me your phone. What are you doing? <laughs> If I want to send something to you, I'll send it to you, okay? 
So we have to protect our kids because there's predators and people out there trying to influence our kids to change their gender, to do crazy things that they shouldn't be doing. Now, the last thing, you ready for this? Movies, TV, music, and video games. Now, Wendell sent me something the other day. I go, Wendell, are you kidding me? Disney has a cartoon that's come, coming out called Little Demon. You saw it, huh? Okay. It's supposed to be for kids, but it's teaching them how to be possessed by a devil. They're saying this is a good thing. They got devils all over, and they're going into the people. And, and here's Danny DeVito plays Satan, and his real daughter plays his daughter. And here's some of the quotes. It says, don't think that other people's morals of right and wrong should influence you. Don't think that killing people is wrong. You can create your own future without laws, without rules. You can call your own shots. You can live any way you want to live. Throw out the rules. Throw out the laws. Uh, are you kidding me? This is a cartoon put out by Disney. This, this is for our kids. You can be a devil. So that's why we're having so much problem in school. I'm a devil. <laughs> no, okay, so... <laughs> The way to avoid this is check the movies and the TV shows before you watch them. We always do that. We say, oh, that looks like a good show. And then we look at, oh, no, there's, there's, there's nudity, there's cussing, there's violence. There's all, well, we can't watch that one, huh? The way you find out is uh, slide 70 talks, there's a, 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 what do you call it? Anyway, this, it's called Plugged In. It's, it's a, what is it? It's a website called Plugged In, and before you watch the movie, you can see what's going on. They'll tell you exactly what's going on. So uh, we have to also keep Christian music in, in our thoughts and in our minds. You know, music plays an important part about getting into your soul, and it's kind of, you know, subtle. You know, it kind of just sneaks on in there, and they talk about sexual things and killing things. You know, I'm going to kill your mama, and you're no good, and I hate you, and all. Like, then you get that in your spirit. And then your kids say, Mom, I hate you. You know, I don't like the way you're teaching me, uh, training me. I want to do what I want to do. All of a sudden, you got crazy things happening. Now, slide 71 talks about in Proverbs 22, 23. It says, uh, we should know the state of our flocks. We should know what our children are listening to and, and, and doing. My mom always used to find out what I was doing. I don't know how she did it. She used to say, I stand on this wall, and I can see everything that you're doing. I go, Mom, I don't think that's possible. She says, oh, yeah. Because before I even got home, she was at the door waiting for me. Why did you do this at school? Why did you do that? But what I found out is she had informers. <laughs> she had parents, and she had kids that would tell my mom what I was doing before I even got it. She knew the state of her flock, amen? And then so... Um, <laughs> And then you as parents, know where you take your, your kids to school, know what they're teaching, know what they're uh, giving your, your kids and what information they're having. Sometimes you have to make a sacrifice, maybe homeschool them or take them to a, uh, a private school. It might cost a little bit of extra money, but believe me, it saves the child. I know when we were bringing Charles up and we said, we cannot send him to public school. I don't care what it takes. And so we made a supreme effort. We didn't have the money in the beginning, but God provided. And I'm so glad he did because he had Christian uh, influence. Then he went off to college. He said, you've secluded me so much. I'm going to a secular school and just see what it's like. So he went to Pepperdine, uh, not Pepperdine, uh, Berkeley. And 
He, the first week he called back, Dad, I, I don't know what they're doing out here. They're burning furniture on the lawn. These people are crazy. <laughs> he says, thank you for secluding me. <laughs> Didn't take long, right? In Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 6, uh, 6 and 7, it says, The words which I command thee you today, you shall keep them in, their heart, in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you get up. Conversations should be holy and pure and let people know that you love the Lord. Let your children see how much you love the Lord. And, you know, it's not only words, it's the spirit, the love that you have. They'll receive it, they'll know it, and they want to, you know, ascend to that. Praise the Lord. And so uh, we cannot grow weary in well-doing. In, well in Ephesians 5, 14 through 16, it says, Wake up, parents. Wake up. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but making the most of every opportunity. We have to be good stewards and good parents over our children because we're responsible for them. God has given them to us as a gift. Praise the Lord. So watch over them. Take care of them, and we can do as in Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go, uh, based on his will, his abilities, and his talents, and even when he is old, he shall not depart. Those of you that have planted seed in, their ch in your children, believe that that seed will grow, that seed will take hold of them, and even though they don't do exactly what you want them to do, God has control over them, and he's watching over them. Amen? So let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you that you are watching over us. The steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord, and we know that, Lord, as we put our children in your hands, as we do all that we need to do by planting seed, by loving them, showing them that we love the Lord, that they will follow suit and be uh, people and children that grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So, Father, I pray for those that have children right now, that you'll keep them on the straight path. And if they're not, Lord, I think that you minister to their hearts, even right now. Holy Spirit, go and touch their hearts. We come against the enemy that's trying to keep them from following you. We command you to cease and desist from your maneuvers right now. And we thank you that the Spirit of the Lord is arresting them, grabbing hold of them, and causing them to come closer to you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.